0: Welcome to the Footyology Podcast with Rowan Connolly and Robert Shaw. G'day everyone, welcome to the Footyology Podcast. This is the Round 8 Preview Edition. Uh, Doing it a bit differently today, a few um, issues have cropped up, which one of us, namely me, has had to deal with. So I'm in a different location on different equipment, Uh, some logistical difficulties to overcome, but we will get there because this is a footyology podcast. And we are always there to bring you the full, most incisive previews and reviews of all the AFL action. We are of course, as always, proudly brought to you by Palmerbet, and you can get tackle busting benefits all AFL season. Thanks to Palmer bet. Always remember to gamble responsibly. As I say, a very good uh, morning, to my footyology podcast co-host, Robert Shaw. How are you going, Shory?
1: I'm good, Rowan. Welcome, everybody. And, um, mate, did you just say round eight? Round like, eight. Hasn't it flown? <laughs> that's unbelievable. We just, um, well, I just signed up uh, a few short weeks ago, I thought. And, um, and <clears throat> may I say, we're having a bit of fun with it. It's exactly like this within a club. If if you blink, you'll miss it. These clubs are now looking at round eight. Uh, past a th- you know, it's exactly what a third of the way through the season, and um, and now we've certainly got games, that are eight point games, you know. Well, and, Star- and starting with Port Adelaide Western bulldog which is unbelievably crucial. Just a little aside to uh I wrote about this
0: last week. I can't remember if I said yeah. it on the podcast. I've got. Them- Operating in too many forums, but um, the round seven rule, a favorite measuring stick of mine. Oh, yeah,
1: you did. You mentioned it in our pre well in our I'm,
0: review. I'll mention it again 19 times in the past 21 seasons, there has been an absolute maximum of two changes to the eight after round mm-hmm. seven. So, if you look at the current ladder, and it's certainly got a different look about it with the likes of. Fremantle in third spot, St Kilda in fourth spot, uh, Carlton and Collingwood inside the eight, Richmond, Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, all outside the eight. Well, some of those stragglers uh, may have done their dash already. Like you say, though, the season goes quickly. we got to stay on top of it. And we are going to preview in full, graphic, incisive detail all nine games And what is coming up over the next few days should be a massive round of football. Let's waste no more time. Let's get into it and analyse the you know what's out of it. On Footyology, previews with Punch. The action kicks off Friday evening with a Friday evening doubleheader. Uh, The first leg of the two games comprising that doubleheader, Port Adelaide. Taking on the Western Bulldogs, this game is at Adelaide Oval Friday evening, 7:30 PM Eastern Standard Time. What are Palmerbet saying about this one head-to-head? Remember, you can always get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season thanks to Palmerbet. Remember to gamble responsibly. Well, the betting in this game is as tight as any game in Round Eight, and it has the visitors, the Bulldogs, fractional favourites paying $1.87 head-to-head. Port Adelaide at home, but uh, the outsider at home. Only just, though, the Power are paying $1.93. Now, these two have had some very interesting clashes, of course. Uh, The last one, high stakes indeed. It was the preliminary final last year, and it was an evening. The Power certainly would prefer to forget. The Bulldogs blew them out of the water the scintillating first half of footy. They won by 71 points. But head-to-head, for some time now, these two sides have been pretty even. It's 5-5, the Power and the Bulldogs, over the last seven years, since 2015. The other thing to consider here, Shuri, before I give you a crack, Mm. is that the Bulldogs' record at Adelaide Oval is very good. Of course, I mentioned the preliminary final, but that's not the only success they've had there. The Doggies have won four of their last five games at Adelaide Oval. A couple of weeks ago, they'd be looking at this and say, well, they're going to clean up. But they are not playing wonderful footy. Even having disposed of Western last week, they weren't overly impressive. And the power, well, they're on the board. They've won their last two games now. Fantastic, uh, gritty come-from-behind comeback win in Cairns last week against St Kilda, um, big win over West Coast the week before, and, of course, almost overhauling a 50-point margin against Carlton the week before that. So fair to say things have turned around for the power. They're playing a pretty good side, though, and, of course, last year's grand finalist. Can they continue that resurgence and win a third game on, a, on the trot, Robert Shaw? Uh,
1: the positive side about um, winning is obviously the confidence, and it, it's showing and i know best players don't mean a lot but it's quite interesting that um alir alir was named in the best players now he was injured and then out of form and then exposed he's got back in him, into his into some good form and the likes of butters and rosie these sort of blokes that weren't setting the world on fire are always moving into good form wines has come back from the heart issue to be a really good contributor for them and of course Carl Amon that's been spoken about of um, coming back to Melbourne or being targeted because of his ability to play halfback wing midfield um, was dropped a couple of weeks ago got a reprieve and has been a very very good player since so things are starting to fall into place I'm not sure they're going to fall into place quite as much as what there's their fans will hope against the Western Bulldogs. So there's some really good signs. They were cleaner last week. They were more efficient and they had, um, you know, it's really hard to analyse a game where it's 43 to 42, but I can see, Rowan, why this is um, uh, uh, such a very close betting game.
0: Well, let me me ask you how you feel about the Doggies at the moment because I've got to be honest. I was watching that game against Essendon last week and I was thinking... Well, the doggies, clearly the better side here, but they weren't impressing me much. I thought they were still a bit fumbly, um, uh, still a bit disconnected up forward. You know, Aaron Norton, well held. And yeah, okay, they were able to cobble together a winning score. But they, to me, look a long way below their very capable best. And and their ladder position and win-loss suggests that. They're three and four and in 10th yeah. spot on the ladder. This is a grand finalist of last year. So... I don't know. How, how well are they travelling? No, and I was... I was at, said at, at what point, you know, at what point do we say this isn't a side that's underperforming, this is just an average side?
1: Well, they're not an average side, but there were worrying signs last week. You talked about dysfunctional entries into the forward line. The number of times they they missed to the left, kicked it out of bounds, or shank kicks into their forward line... Um, it was a real concern and I, I, I was sitting there saying these blokes aren't in the best form but what the difference was is the opposition. Um, the opposition got gave them a chance to get the ball back. Now that means a couple of things. Overuse by Essendon is well documented but also the dogs pressure wasn't too bad. They came up, they pressed up, they hunted them and uh, they managed to get quite a few of their goals from direct turnovers a from Essendon's poor decision making, but also their pressure. It, it was a bit. It was a a bit of everything by the Bulldogs. But I think you've summed it up perfectly. Not what we expect of the grand finalists. Always looked in control because they had superior switch of play, superior ball movement. Liberatore was good. Dunkley was great. Bontempelli's carrying something. 50-50, did didn't exert any major influence on the game and he's going to have to do that this week. All right,
0: uh, let's get down to the crunch of this whole reason for discussing this game. Who is going to win and by how much?
1: I've got the dogs um, uh, you know that 11 to 18. That, that couple of goals plus win. I think they'll do do enough. Uh, the ground doesn't phase them. Good record. And, we, you know, Port coming back from Cairns, heavy ground. They're going to watch their preparation. So I'm, I'm going for the dogs, which will put Port uh, in a very, very, very serious position because they're two games in percentage out as we speak. Give us a margin. Uh, 11 points to the Bulldogs. 11 points. Well, I'm going for an
0: upset here. I can see
1: why. I can see why. Yeah.
0: I'm a a conservative tipster and it sort of goes (laughs) against my nature. But I just, I think things are starting to turn around. I, I am worried about the toll Cairns might take on them. That was a real slog of a game. The travel factor isn't to be underestimated. But I just think they might be starting to come good. And uh, they're back in the ballgame as far as the finals goes. Obviously, even more so if they win this one. I reckon they can do it. I'm going for Port uh, by not the barest of margins, but almost the barest of margins. I'm going for Port Adelaide by two points. All right. That is the first of two Friday evening games. Uh, The next one is over in Perth. And let's be honest, this could be a smashing. Friday evening in Perth, uh, second Friday night game in Perth in two weeks. Optus Stadium, 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Gee, it's going to be a late finish. It's going to be about 11.20 p.m. finish. I wonder how many people in Melbourne will be watching the end of that game. Anyway, it starts at 6.40 Perth time, so a bit uh, better for the locals. It is Fremantle up against North Melbourne. And if that sounds like uh, it could be a bit of a lopsided contest, you're not wrong. Freo currently in third spot at six and one. North Melbourne currently in second last spot with a mirror image of that scoreline. line. They are one and six. Let's be honest, this one could get ugly. What a palm! How ugly could it get? We asked Palmer vet And they are saying... Well, first of all, they're telling us you can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season. We know that by now. Always remember to gamble responsibly, of course. But Fremantle, as short a price as you'll see, head-to-head, the Dockers paying just $1.07 for the win. And North Melbourne, a very generous, perhaps not generous enough, actually, given how ordinary they've been the last few weeks, the Roos, $8.70 head-to-head. Now, here's some stats surrounding the clashes of these two teams. North have lost five of the last six meetings with Fremantle. Uh, Their record at Optus Stadium is 1-2 and lost three. Uh, However, their last visit to this venue was a triumph. In fact, their best win last season, no doubt, a 10-point surprise shock win over West Coast, and it came in round 17 last year. Uh, G North's put, turning in some pretty ordinary form after uh, some OK stuff a bit earlier on. They have now lost 10 of their last 11 games. That includes the last four games of 2021. But here's the worrying thing for me, Shorey. Four of North's last five losses have been by a minimum of 50 points. And indeed, that was against the Blues last weekend. They've had two 60-plus jobs. And, of course, 100-plus smashing against Brisbane about a month ago. So it's been pretty ugly stuff for the Roos. Doesn't get any harder at the moment than having to take on Fremantle in Perth. Have they got any hope at all?
1: Uh, North haven't. No, unfortunately. And um, it, it's not our go on this uh, on footyology podcast to dismiss clubs out of hand. You're always looking... Uh, where they could get an advantage or who's in good form it's good to see the young kid get the uh, the rising star i think that's deserved he's been who, who is that uh, horn francis yep he's um he hasn't been a, a knock' down world beater but he's been a very consistent 20 possession player every week and it was good to see him actually stand up to carlton one of the few that physically and verbally stood up to uh, Carlton after Sylvani gave him a little bit of uh, a lip massage on the way through, but there are, there are, we, we send their praises. Um, They've got a great capacity to um, stick to their, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say stick to their structures and processes, Mm. despite the fact that they lose key people. Darcy and Tabena out of that side, going down to Geelong. They're the two you didn't want out, but they manufactured it. Lob was excellent. The continued form of Brayshaw is very good. Mundy is an evergreen and they're going to relish going back to their home deck. Um, They've got ongoing, they're monitoring ongoing uh, COVID situation all the time. So we're not sure. What their final lineup going to be, Rowan? Particularly on Wednesday morning. Well, uh, just
0: on that, just quickly yeah. on that, we at this stage, Heath Chapman, Hayden Young,
1: both expected to be available after the health and safety protocols. Uh, usually, the way it works in the West is some come in and some go out the other side. Yeah, so, well,
0: uh, uh, there's uh, a just couple. Just watch the space. A couple of others, sort of in that uh, bracket at the moment, including so. uh, Connor Blakely and. Liam Henry, Uh, Sean Darcy is the other interesting one. He'll be tested. Of course, he was concussed um, the other week. But Joel Hamling, who is a really important player and has a knee injury, um, he's some sort of chance to return as well. So, um, yeah, look, you can't underestimate uh, or overstate just how good a win that was for them down at Geelong last week. As you say, particularly without Darcy, and Taberner, and uh, we're just and and no Nat Fife all this season. Who would have thought they could be where they are now without Nat Fife? Uh, it was only last year we were talking about their over reliance on those uh, those senior veterans such as Fife, Mundy, uh, and to a lesser extent Michael Walders. But Walders too really hasn't been much of a factor until the last couple of weeks. So the pluses everywhere for the Dockers. And, oh, uh I'm, yeah I'm look this I'm, is going to be this is going to be an let's not waste any more time on this, this is going no, no I just
1: totally want to give a, 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 you know North will get Mackay back into the fullback position yeah um a, 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 which will help them be, and Aiden core comes back into the side so there's a bit of stiffness going back into that defense but on the other hand talk about defense the form of Griffin Logue and um and Alex Pierce, the Tasmanian, have been absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, I, this is a this is a hard, easy one, Rowan. If that would, if you know what I mean.
0: I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I.e., I, you think uh, it's hard because there's not a lot to talk about. No, because there's we not know a lot what's, to... We know what's going to happen.
1: Well, we think well. so. I can't see them playing the ground well. I I, I don't think they've got the ammo. Fremantle's back line, their rebound. If Noble's team are having trouble maintaining pressure and and forcing turnover, they're not going to be able to do it against these blokes, Rowan. So um, my tip will be Fremantle by 65 points.
0: Yeah, we're in the same ballpark. I was just thinking what margin will I go with as you were deliberating? And I'm going Fremantle by 60 points, which is in keeping with the sort of defeats they've been suffering over the last month. Let's hope the Roos can become a bit more competitive the longer this season goes. All right, that is Friday night, a double header on Friday evening, uh, but some great games on Saturday, and none of them as appealing as this first one on Saturday afternoon. Well, Shuri, uh, I'm sure our audience knows uh, we're we're a couple of crusty old buggers. We're we're traditionalists. We like the the old-fashioned things in footy. And this game, uh, how good does it get? It's Saturday afternoon. It's 1.45 p.m. It's at the MCG, and it's the battle of Hoddle Street slash Punt Road between the Tigers and the Magpies. Yes, Richmond taking on Collingwood. What can you call it? A rematch of the 1980 grand final? Or, uh, well, no, Pies wouldn't like that. But uh, let's turn that around. A rematch of the famous 2018 preliminary final when the Pies no, no. prevailed. they great rivals. Uh, let's hope we get suit- suitably balmy autumn Saturday afternoon weather. Uh, this should be an absolute corker in front of a huge crowd. What are Palmer Bet saying about this one? Well, you can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season, thanks to Parmavet. Always remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, they have Richmond, a pretty healthy favourite. The Tigers paying $1.52, Collingwood head-to-head paying $2.55. However, Robert, I have a very interesting stat on this. Now, I know Collingwood haven't been terrible over the last few years, but Richmond's been better What do you reckon their head-to-head record is over the last few meetings? Well, I'll tell you, Richmond have won only one of the last five games against Collingwood. They lost last year. They drew in 2020. Remember uh, round two in front of zero people at the MCG. They lost to the Pies in round two of 2019 when they were a fantastic team. And of course, as I mentioned, the infamous for a Richmond perspective 2018 preliminary final loss. So um, the Pies have only lost to the Tigers once in the last five meetings and uh, going along pretty well The Pies. Pretty encouraging um, start to their uh, the tenure of new coach Craig McRae. Good win against the Bombers on Anzac Day and another good win Uh, against Gold Coast at the G last Sunday. Richmond, though, Richmond getting players back. The Stars starting to return. Dustin Martin, well, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, but Dusty still a very big chance to come back this week. Kane Lambert came back last week. He was terrific. Uh, Starting to come together for the Tigers, and I think those Palmer Bet odds might reflect that. Rob, how do you see this one?
1: Mate, I agree with you, but, um, mate, this is the biggest game since the 1973 preliminary final. Oh, but I mean, where an, wasn't that a corker? Where, where an inspired Graham Jerk, Jerker-Jenkin had Collingwood 10-7 leading the Tigers 4-7. And who came onto the ground to lift the Tigers? Royce Hart, off the well, bench. Well, people are saying, why is he going back 50 <laughs> years? Because you're going to get exactly the same thing. The pace of Collingwood and the run will really worry the Tigers. But there's a bloke going to come onto the ground halfway through the second quarter. He's going to be (laughs) rotated on, and that's going to be Dustin Martin. And he's going to turn this game courtesy of, firstly, the dominance of Toby Nankervis against the young uh, up-and-coming... Darcy Cameron, sorry, Cameron, who stepped up last week and kicked a couple of goals... I think uh, the, man you're talk-
0: of- the man you're talking about there is his, Cameron's ruck partner last week, Aiden Begg, who made his Sorry, debut.
1: Sorry, I, I was getting Cameron Begg. I thought his name was Cameron Begg. Well, we can, <laughs> we can come up with a hybrid. Why not? <laughs> no, no problem. Um, Lynch into form. Um, you say sometimes easy kills. What do you get out of them? Well, i tell you what going into the next week ron when you've kicked seven goals or when you're playing center forward like rewalt and you've kicked four goals or when when young short goes into the midfield for a, a rare run on the ball and is one of the dominant players this gives the whole club a real good lift i think they'll be too sharp for them flosting back into the back line they've got to look at tarrant he was managed they managed a few last week rested a few so they could have some significant ins coming in this side. And while I've got a lot of respect for Collingwood's year and how they're developing under McRae, um, I, I think the Tigers have turned the corner.
0: Yeah, I reckon they have too. And I reckon that's a really good point about just uh, running into a bit of form and confidence, particularly up that uh, forward 50 where um, Tom Winch and Jack Rewalt uh, put together, what was it, 11 goals yeah. between them. Now the worry here for the Pies is going to be who shuts them both down. Now to that end, gee, uh, I would have thought the fitness or otherwise of key defender Jordan Roughhead is abs- absolutely critical to the Pies. Uh, he's had uh, issues, uh, injury issues for a while now. He needs to play, I reckon, if they are to have a bit of a chance. The injury, this is the thing about the Pies, as good as they've been, you, th- you suspect that it won't take more than a few injuries to make them a significantly lesser proposition. Now they've already lost Jamie Elliott. They've withstood that. Losing Brady Grundy, uh, great test for Cameron and big up against uh, Toby Nankervis and Ivan Soldo, potentially. Uh, but uh, Grundy out for 12 weeks, that could really come home to bite. Nathan Kruger, of course, uh, is a bit rawer and not as much expected of him, but his absence from the forward setup could be an issue as well. Just every one of those injuries coming back to bite Collingwood in some way, shape, or form. And their opponent, well, it's the exact opposite scenario, isn't it? Lambert's come back. Um, Grimes getting closer. Look, he's... He's, he's back. He him. was back, yep. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, was Grimes sort of getting into some decent form. Dusty Martin, of course, the cream on the cake. Um, it's a good, great test of the Pies, and I can see them pushing Richmond. I can't see them winning it, though, Rob. Uh, I'm going to tip first in this one. I'm going for the Tigers to win this one by 18 points. What say you?
1: Yeah, I'm in the same bracket. i would probably go out a little bit more, I think, um, uh, with Martin coming back into the side. And we didn't mention him, but uh, one of the most exciting talents in the competition. They've got some good players in the midfield. Alan, um, sorry, Crisp, um, uh, side bottom on the wing, Penderi can throw himself into the midfield, uh, Adams, I was trying to say, uh, they're going okay there, particularly the two combination of the two Dacos boys, I just think, you're right, Lambert coming back, short into the midfield, uh, Martin off the bench, M- 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 Nankervis, don- I just think they've just got a bit too much for a a very encouraging and promising Collingwood side. I reckon it might go out to about twenty-three points, Ryan.
0: Twenty-three points. Okay. Well, let's hope it's a big game in front of a massive crowd. Uh, Anzac they got uh, what was it, eighty-five or thousand? I don't think it'll be that many, but. Uh, Let's hope they can get uh, 60-something at least to be great. 98
1: in the 73 preliminary final, 98,000. And I
0: I was one of them, Robert. I was one of them. That was (laughs) the first final series I ever attended, sat behind the punt road goals for each of the um, four finals I saw at the MCG that year. And that game, for those uh, who are interested, of course, Collingwood led by six goals. Royce Hart came off the bench inspired the Tigers to victory. And the ceiling goal, they were one point up. There was a handful of seconds left. Kevin Bartlett kicked an absolute beauty from close to the boundary line. Tigers got up by seven points and, of course, famously went on and won against Carlton the following week, getting revenge for 1972 in one of the toughest grand finals of all time. But we digress, as we're prone to do when it comes to... We're prone
1: to do when we we go down history's... A uh, glittering path, Rowan. A <laughs> memory lane.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So that is the first of the Saturday games. There is at exactly the same start time, though, 1:45 p.m. Another game going on, and that one is in Sydney. 1:45 p.m. at the SCG. See Sydney taking on Gold Coast. Palmer bet odds. You can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season, thanks to Bet. Always remember to gamble responsibly. The Swans, as you'd expect, pretty warm favourites here. Sydney paying $1.20 head-to-head. Gold Coast paying $4.60. Now, this is surprising. I don't think many people would recall this or expect this to be the case. Gold Coast have won three of their last five clashes with Sydney, including their last two visits to the SCG. And I remember the first of those two wins, and that was one of the greatest upsets of all time when the Gold Coast hadn't won a game for about 500 years and Sydney were going all right and the Suns beat them. The other reason I remember it is they were wearing those hideous away jumpers that looked like a packet of Omo washing powder or something. Got to do something about that away strip. Anyway, I digress. Um, Sydney Gold Coast, the Swans, warm favourites. Uh, disappointing last week against Brisbane. I think um, as excited as we are by the Swans, there's a bit of a wake-up call uh, as to the amount of work still needing to be done. Look, Gold Coast weren't terrible against Collingwood, but that was a game they did win last year. And Collingwood, uh, aside... Mm, regenerating. It was a good opportunity for the Suns to make a statement and they weren't able to do so. Uh, can they make a statement here against Sydney? One would suspect not, but how do you see this one, Rob?
1: No, I don't think they can. I, 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 I Look, you were fractionally hard on the Swans. Um, you and I a sort of wavering a bit. Well, I'm not wavering. I think uh, Brisbane will play in the grand final and have a very, very good opportunity of winning the Premiership. You haven't got them that high. I thought that was an outstanding win. Um, made even more... Import, more uh, outstanding on the back that they had a centre-half forward kick six goals against them, which, mind you, Rowan, is a worry to themselves. But they haven't got king the gold coast so they're not going to run up against a lance franklin um uh, a wake up call yeah they're going to get a wake up call they uh they would have taken lessons from that and unfortunately i feel that the gold coast are going to be on the receiving end of a pretty significant response
0: where are they at gold coast i mean i'm not they don't look as vulnerable to having their whole season collapse as they have other years, but I reckon by and large, that was probably a disappointing loss against the Pies. You know, 25 points, young side, you know, they've got good players playing well. Tuke Miller, terrific again last week, 36 disposals. Noah Anderson, 32 disposals. We know they're doing it hard without Ben King, but they have got Levi Casbolt and Mabior Chol, who are providing good twin targets for them. They should be doing better than they are. Uh, and I've got a feeling the Swans are going to hit back pretty hard after coming up short against uh, Brisbane. Do you think this might be a bit of a belting, or do you think the Suns can... Not a belting, but, I,
1: I, you know, they have got young Collins at fullback who's going well. He actually summed it up. They are a very, very uh, confusing side. Uh, you know, when you go and do your research and you, you try and compare and co- contrast the two sides, um, I think it's second. Like... You don't, you can't comprehend that the Gold Coast go inside 50 more than 16, uh, 15 other teams, Rowan. Is that right? And, and yeah, what, well. yeah, what is, they're, they're second on inside 50s. Their, their clearance work is good. You mentioned some of their individual players. And and so technically, I think you're right that a four goal comfortable loss, 25 points by Collingwood, um, was disappointing. Um, they're steadier, they're s- solider, they don't fall apart like previous years. I think they've got some resilience there. Um, I, I, I've seen them improve, but for some reason, despite the fact that they still have two targets down there, they have this real disconnect between the amount of work they do, the amount of ball they get, and the ability to put scoreboard pressure on other sides. And I think at the Sydney Cricket Ground, with uh, the the, the Swans smarting from that performance and needing to win to, you know, cons- really consolidate up in the top echelon of the top eight, um, I can't see them getting close to Sydney.
0: So, uh, Margin?
1: Oh, sorry. I've got uh, 39 points.
0: Uh, good personnel. Um Issues for the Swans too, of course, with McCartan and McDonald, both available again after those 12-day concussion protocols. Uh Tom are you seeing
1: Laddams, Rowan? Yeah. Well, yeah, Laddams, yeah. Laddams
0: has been terrific for them, um, particularly in Hickey's absence. So he's proved to be a very astute pickup. But uh, we're, we're thinking Hickey might be back for this one.
1: He's, yeah, they, they, they look like getting the three back. We won't know till... Uh, yeah, tomorrow night, um, Thursday night, but um, I can't see them unbalancing their team. I can see them playing McDonald, and they'll definitely play um, McCartan. So they're going to get two bookends back anyway. I can't see them adding the, the a 200 centimetre ruckman uh, as an addition to Laddams That's that, as you said, is going quite well.
0: Uh, Tom Papley with a game under his belt now. You think he'd be better for that run last week. So, uh, yeah, look, maybe not a belting, but I think a pretty comfortable win here coming up for the Swans. You say 39 points. I'm going for the Swans to win that one by 36 points. So there is two games at 1.45 on Saturday afternoon. The Twilight fixture is in Canberra. That one starts at 4.35. Let's have a chat about it. Marniker Oval in Canberra is the venue for the Saturday Twilight game, 4.35pm, and it sees Greater Western Sydney at their second home, taking on Geelong. Uh, Good winners last week. The Giants beat up on Adelaide Geelong. A rare loss indeed at the Cattery to Fremantle. Can they bounce back? Well, Parmabit telling us head-to-head, and remember, you can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season, thanks to Palmer Vett. Always remember to gamble responsibly. GWS are paying $2 head-to-head. It is Geelong that will start this game, favourite. The Cats paying $1.80. Now, what happens when these two sides play each other? Well, of course, they did meet in a final last year, and that saw Geelong beating the Giants pretty comfortably. Interestingly, though, after having lost the previous three occasions to the Giants, uh, Geelong in Canberra are one win and three losses. Their last win in Canberra was all the way back in 2015. If you heard a little blip there, just some technical difficulties, but I think I've recovered from them in time. Good save if I have to, because a whole lot of equipment almost came to grief. Uh, what do you reckon is going to happen in this one?
1: Well, a couple of things. You must be devastated that Max Holmes has had cindermiosis operation and I, won't. I take... am.
0: Can and, we just talk so... about that briefly?
1: I, I think I
0: think the loss of Max Holmes will be quite profound for the Cats. I think he's really started to offer them something, and I didn't realise until uh, recently that he'd actually have to add surgery on that ankle, and he'll be out for about six weeks. So.
1: So you can't um... see Dangerfield being an adequate replacement, Ron.
0: Oh, I think a Brownlow medalist is probably a reasonable replacement for him. But uh, you're talking about an ageing Paddy Dangerfield. Up we are
1: talking a, about an ageing Paddy up against an
0: emerging superstar of the game in Max Holmes. Anyway, <laughs> go on. I, I'm
1: being facetious. Go on. Um, a few concerns here for the Cats. Not only getting beaten on their home deck by Fremantle. Um, some great work by the Fremantle defenders in Logue and uh, Pierce. Uh. Can the likes of Haynes and Taylor do the same thing? Uh, Haynes is very good aerobically. Could he go to did he go to Cameron? They're going to get have to get a lot of go- more goals out of there or they're going to have to use their monitor um, Dangerfield's midfield time. And don't be surprised if they have Cameron at centre-half forward, Dangerfield halfway between, and then Tommy Hawkins coming out of the goal square to really stretch this... Um, GWS backline but I think the um, this was a talking point in media circles I'll use that word liberally Rowan media circles about the three captains you would have to say that even though Toby Green's been out a while he's back in the form he was a dominant player last week Kelly's been great but the good story's been Caniglau who was relegated a couple of times to a midfielder in the NIFL the captain. So to get those three back, and um, to get Toby Green into that side, to get Whitfield into a different role, I think they're going to create real problems. But they have to do one thing. They're going to, and and Leon Cameron's a tagger. He'll use that Lockie Ash to do some tagging. But he's but watch what he does to um, Tom Stewart. I'm pretty sure they're going to allocate a defensive forward to Tom Stewart. If they can cut him out and um, have a really good game at ground level, um, they're going to go quite well.
0: Well, interesting, uh, last week he had, what was it, 40 or 41 disposals. Uh, They lost. Yeah, well, Fremantle sort of allowed him to rack up those touches. I think Cam Guthrie had 35 too, but they defended so well that uh, even allowing a, a yeah. dangerous playmaker like uh, Stewart to have that much footy didn't amount to much. This is the thing about Geelong. They get on a roll and they can, they can produce these bursts of devastating football, but they're fewer and further between. And for the bulk of it, they're a pretty solid team that sort of, I don't know, seems to motor along in third gear. I don't mean undersell themselves, but I don't, I'm not sure they have much explosiveness about them these days now. Is that enough to deal with GWS? I reckon it is. Is it enough to deal with the absolute best sides in the competition like Melbourne or even Brisbane these days? I'm not sure it is. So I I can see them handling the Giants in this case, but uh, I wouldn't be taking a win over the Giants as necessarily an indicator that you're an emerging uh, flag force in 2022. I'm going to go for the – yeah, go on.
1: No, no, you're right. I was just, I was just, yeah. Holmes, Kaladashny actually abused. Blackout to Conning, yeah, um, yeah. Holmes is interesting, isn't he? Yeah, and to be, we're talking about him in, in in such a such a way that he's a key player. Uh, are they playing enough? Is it a myth they're playing young players? Okay, they've got. They've, last week they had Higgins. They had. Zach Tui, They had Parford in the side. They had Dempsey. Close was playing. Stengel's a young player. Yeah, it looks like it. O'Connor Myers. Yeah, it's not a bad balance. And I think I, of I think they're it's doing it.
0: It's not just about youth though. It's about pace. It's about zip. And 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 that's what Holmes gives him. He gives them he's a great endurance yeah. runner, but he gives them pace as well. And I think he's, uh, his disposal is pretty clean. So, like, he's been an asset. And I think he'll be missed more than people realise. Having said all that, I still think um, they're good enough to uh, take full account of GWS, not by a heap necessarily, particularly in Canberra where they don't play often and don't tend to play well. I'm going for Geelong by 16 points. What you, what's your tip?
1: I think the Bob Hawke Oval at Manuka will favour uh, the local boys, and uh, for me, it's a very comfortable win for GWS. Really, I'm going to I'm going to put a question mark on the Cats, um, for the reasons we've tried to talk about. I think this side uh, is is the best two and five side I've ever seen in the history of the game, and they're a long, long way off the pace in terms of uh, win loss and percentage. So, to me. I'm putting this in the must-win category for GWS, and they're going to have a good win by 20 points.
0: 20 points for the Giants, says Robert Shaw. Okay, that is uh, the Saturday Twilight fixture. There are two games on Saturday evening. Two bitter rivals, Essendon and Hawthorne. We could talk all day about the history here. Three grand finals in a row, the line in the Sand game. Dermy and Vanderhaar, etc., etc., etc. Well, things have changed a fair bit for both these clubs in recent times. Uh, Both been in better places. However, uh, you'd argue the Hawks starting to turn things around yet again. What a magnificent club they have been over the journey. This game is at 7:25 p.m. Marvel Stadium, Saturday evening. Bet, You can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season, thanks to Palmer Bet. Always remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, They have the Hawks as pretty healthy favourites, paying $1.64. Essendon paying $2.27 head-to-head. The Bombers have been pretty dominant in recent meetings between those two clubs. They've won three of the last four against the Hawks. Should have won all four. In fact, uh, lost by a point in the first game last year after leading by the best part of 40 points. Uh, The Bombers at Marvel Stadium, well, it has been a pretty successful venue for them, but not so much recently. They've lost three of the last four games there. Uh, What about the Hawks? Well, they've won three in a row there, lost three, won three, lost three, all the way back to 2018, which means that they're due to start a three-game winning streak at Marvel. Uh, this game, I don't know if it works out quite that conveniently, but uh, if you like omens, that's a good one. If you are a hawk supporter, some injury issues they have, of course, uh, chenkov Jaff has been missing and uh, costly absentee. He saw sort of Mitch Lewis uh, also been out. Um, doubts on their returns this week, I think as to the Bombers. Well, a bit of uh, breaking news too, Robert, on the player availability front, uh, Essendon. Well, they don't just lose ordinary players, they lose their key players injured. Uh, Jake Stringer, uh, hamstring trouble for him. He won't be playing. So yet another uh, important member of that Essendon side missing just when they could least afford it, pretty much in keeping with the way this nightmare of a season is turning out for them. Kyle Langford been out since that first game of the season. That's been a costly run. Will Snelling uh, has a calf injury of apparently two to three weeks recovery time now for about 18 weeks. No, I, I'm making that up, not 18 weeks. James Stewart has been listed as one to two weeks away for about 10 weeks. Uh, Harrison Jones, the perpetually injured Harrison Jones, test on his ankle. I don't know, look, Essendon... Uh, they're just stinking it up, Rob. That was a really listless, flat, totally uninspiring loss against the Bulldogs last weekend. I think the Hawks have got a lot more to recommend them in terms of a tip for this game. How are you seeing this one?
1: Well, they do. Um, uh, you know, I'd like, for the Hawks, I'd like to see Lewis back in that side, but young kazichi came in and kicked four goals. So they didn't actually, on the scoreboard, they... Um, they did as well as what you would expect Lewis to provide for them. So his relationship and um, with um, Gunston is going to be very important. Um, they've got Brewston Moore at ground level. And you spoke at length about this young Moore, who was what we thought was a crumbing, um, smart goal kicker. He's kicked four in a game of AFL football, which is a terrific effort, but now spending more time in the midfield and adding an extra dimension to the likes of Warpool, O'Meara, and of course, uh, Mitchell, the Brownlow medalist. Last week, Essendon were indecisive and we're not going to go on with a, a, a short overuse of handball, which gave Footscray the opportunity to get back. If they don't eradicate that in a week, then Hawthorne are actually a very, very good side at applying forward pressure. And this is one of the areas that uh, Mitchell has really worked on. We talk about Hawthorne's back line uh, with Frost and Sicily. Between them, they should be able to handle the likes of Wright um, and waterman ballwin combination. We don't think uh, Jones is going to get up. So they've also got this very rapid ball movement, a very good balance of the game. And if you want to dissect these two teams, one team seems steadier, balanced and organised. And despite Essendon's dominance of Hawthorne last year, where they led by 40 points, you you can't say the same about the Essendon side at the moment. And if history does count for everything, and it's sort of irrelevant with these younger players because they don't pay any attention to it, I'm pretty sure Sam Mitchell is gonna be uh, run out a few reminders and this and and really set up Hawthorne for to go after Essendon. So it's gonna be very, very interesting how Essendon start the game and their response if Hawthorne can actually get on top.
0: There's a pretty um you know, like you don't like to wrap up a loss, but and they lost to Melbourne by 10 points. I mean, that is as close as the Demons have been pushed all year. I think the next closest margin was 13 points. That was against Gold Coast. Um, yeah, okay, so I've got, got a
1: question for you. Yeah. i got a question for you. I'm going to jump in. Essendon kicked the last three last week and went from 50 or 60 to 32. Mm. So what's the difference between the last three that Hawthorne kicked against Melbourne? Essendon get labelled junk time? What are we labelling Hawthorne that lost by 10 points? They kicked the last three, that's 18. So, was it a five goal loss to Melbourne and not a 10 point loss?
0: I thought they were far more competitive throughout the course of that game and Essendon it never was against the Dogs. I don't think Essendon looked like that. There you go. That's your answer. That, you answered that my, game. You answered.
1: Okay. No problem.
0: Um, just a really quick one, too. Question without notice to you. Uh, yeah. And okay, it's harsh. But I've seen Kane Baldwin in action a few times now, and I'm prepared to accept he's a really uh, talented junior and he's going to be great, whatever. But to me, he looks so far off AFL pace at the moment, it's not funny. Why are they playing him?
1: He's a six-foot-three forward. I went and watched him at Port Melbourne. Uh, He kicked five goals. He kicked a couple late. Um, He's come off two new reconstructions. Their options at the moment, and this is not the reason for playing him, um, I, I can see something there. I like him. I don't think he leads enough. And if you think of the old leading full forward, um, Barry Price coming out of the centre and... and, and oh God, I sound old. Cut it out, Robert. <laughs> Neville Fields coming out of the centre to Jeff blethin then that's his type of role, lead. I don't think he does lead enough. There's All right,
0: no okay, doubt he's That's, okay. That, okay. Let's not waste yeah. any more time. I'm, I'm just I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate here because I like I'm,
1: him. I like yeah, him. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll wrap but- up how I feel. I reckon it's a crap selection. I reckon the selection sucks. I reckon the coaching sucks. I reckon the effort of the players sucks. And to be perfectly frank, at the moment, that entire club sucks. I'm going for Hawthorne. To win this game very comfortably, Robert. And yes, I am peeved at Essendon. I'm going for it's Hawthorne. That's not a to very win.
1: constructive, uh that's not very constructive, Rowan.
0: Hey, they've had I'm twenty trying... they've had twenty-two years Two to years get constructive, of... Robert. I'm going for okay. Hawthorne by twenty-two points. What's your take? Yeah,
1: I'm coming in a bit closer. Um, I think they'll play better at Marvel. Oh, well, they played at Marvel. What am I saying, Robert? Um let, let's just stick around the same margin a comfortable 22 point win to Hawthorne on on just balance and evenness and I think also a key word hunger i think they're going they're going after this eighth spot on the ladder they're gonna have right. a go at it
0: all right we both agree Hawthorne to win by 22 points that is the first well actually not the first they're both on at the same time there are two games on Saturday nights that is one of them. And the other one, gee, however ugly and Hawthorne gets, I don't reckon it's going to be as ugly as this one might get. 7.25pm at the Gabba. Sees Brisbane taking on West Coast. Ooh, this is real. Avert your eye stuff, I suspect. Palmerbet odds, how do they see it? Well, what do you hear these prices head-to-head. where You can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season thanks to Palmerbet. Always remember to gamble responsibly. Head-to-head this game. Brisbane is paying the princely sum of $1.02. Oh, no. West Coast. If you uh, fancy a rank outsider and just, you know, maybe there's that one in a million shot, West Coast is paying head-to-head $15. That's as is that long, all? Well, it's as long a price as I can remember in footy for some time. Um Interestingly, however, if you want to clutch at some straws here, West Coast have won eight of their last 11 games at the Gabba, and that is a sequence which goes back to 2013. However, normal transmission has been restored more recently. Brisbane has won the last three meetings against the Eagles. The last time the Eagles triumphed over the Lions was late in 2018, and that, of course, ended up being a West Coast premiership season. I don't know how we're going to string this preview out, Rob, because Brisbane were fantastic against Sydney at the SCG. Explosive, dominant, resilient after Sydney threatened at them. They were everything that West Coast wasn't in that insipid 100 points plus smashing at home against Richmond last Friday night. This could be one of the ugliest of ugly spectacles how do you see this one panning out
1: well it will if they don't show fight and spirit which is not what we're seeing at the moment um uh, let's talk individuals and we'll start with the brisbane Ford line that have lost danaher and are still not that long away i'd say a couple of weeks away from hipwood so they, they they've got they're going to play uh darcy fort in the forward pocket alongside mcstay but their preferred forward line is obviously McStay, Danaher and Hipwood. They'll get that in about six to eight weeks. And uh, with the last with that last month or so heading into the finals. Their backline matchups should be good. Harris, Andrews and Adams on um, Darling and Kennedy. Kennedy's in pretty good touch for a team that only enters the Ford 50. I think they're the... 17th lowest forward entries outside North Melbourne. W- what has happened to Tim Kelly? Shuey's had injuries. Yo is not the player we know. Um, Gaff is coming off on as a medical sum. Rioli did his hamstring. So I'd like to think there would be some really good individual battles and mainly m- maybe that manifests itself into a competitive around-the-ground contest. Otherwise, you're quite right, Ron. The hardest game to dissect because we've got no evidence to go on other than the brilliant form of Brisbane, down a couple of forwards, but in rock-solid form, back on the home ground. I think they're going to win by 72 points.
0: And, and, you know, another comment on how this game shapes up is the fact we haven't mentioned Joe Danaher. Who's going to miss a month of footy now? Oh, it's a, yeah. Even last yeah, year, if you're talking about Danaher not being there, that would just about change your tip. But Brisbane have so many alternate goal kickers now, even without Eric Hipwood having come back, that um, it, it's not even a factor. How on earth are they? Well, they're not going to fit all those guys into the setup when Hipwood comes back and Danaher comes back. And uh, incidentally, Danaher avoided surgery on that shoulder and he should be back in a month. That's about the time frame on Hipwood too, I think so. Wow, they got some potent uh, forwards queuing up to be part of the action. As to the Eagles, well we were talking about them uh, gradually getting their senior players back, but to be honest, ever since those three senior players, and it was uh, who was it, Shuey kelly Yo came back. Yo. That was precisely the moment the Eagles stopped being competitive and it's turned into an absolute disaster. And Now the injury list has grown again. I'm looking at, uh, in fact, this latest one's been published uh, on Tuesday the 3rd and it contains no fewer than 14 players on that list. And who are we talking about? Still, key players, Oscar Allen, Tom Barras, Tom Cole, Nick Natanui, Uh, Willie Rioli, Dom Five. Sheed, Six. Elliot Yo, seven. Is I mean, Yo came back last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah concussion. Um, yeah, protocols right. for him. Uh, Gee, they're a basket. Well, no, they're not a basket case, but they are in for a world of pain. I think uh, this an era is clearly at an end. Their best players are still, almost without exception, their oldest players. Uh, are there younger players coming into the lineup any good? must admit, I haven't seen too many of them really excited me. Um, Brisbane is a team on a mission. I think uh, we've said it the last three years, but I think they're better again this season than they have been yep. any of the previous three years. So uh, just give us your margin again. I think you said yeah. 70 odd points, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I went three goals. I went uh, 12 goals. 72 points. All right.
0: I'm going to up the ante here. I'm a conservative tipster, as you know. I am going to go for Brisbane to win this one by 88 points. And let's see how close they can get to those fairly uh, generous margins that we are tipping. All right, so they are the two Saturday evening games. That concludes the action on Saturday. Still two games to go on Sunday, however, to round off round eight. Well, Mother's Day on Sunday. Don't forget your mums, everyone, because they do an incredible job. And uh, that presumably is why we only have two games on the card on Sunday because people might be given the footy a miss where well, you can still turn on the TV and have a look whilst you're having a cup of tea and a sandwich with your mum for Mother's Day. The first of those two games, one ten at the MCG, sees Melbourne taking on St Kilda, Palmer bet where you can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season. Uh, always remember to gamble responsibly. Palmer Bet have installed Melbourne, of course, as warm favourites. The Demons, $1.33 head-to-head. You can get on them. For the Saints, who let victory slip through their slippery fingers up in Cairns last week against Port Adelaide, you can get $3.35 on St Kilda to defeat Melbourne. That is head-to-head. Melbourne have won five of the last eight meetings against St Kilda. And, uh, well, their record everywhere is sensational, isn't it? But their record at the MCG, as good as anywhere. They have lost only two of 16 games at the MCG since the start of last year. However, in St Kilda's defence or mounting a case for the Saints, they have won their last three games at the MCG, one against Richmond, one against Collingwood, and then in round four this season, about a month ago, an absolute demolition job on the Hawks. So uh, the Saints been pretty handy on the MCG of late, really disappointing uh, to have allowed defeat to – or sorry, to allow victory to slip through their grasp up in Cairns, and uh, now they come up against undeniably – and by some margin, the best team in the competition. What's going to happen with this one?
1: Well, it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, Melbourne will get back uh, four or five players. Neil Bullen, oh, I don't want to go, uh, including the very important Jackson comeback from COVID protocols. Look, it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints bounce back from what I thought was a statistical dominance, particularly early in the game, 21-8, to eight, inside 50s very very wasteful throughout the game and in the end got beaten by uh port adelaide that hung on were a little bit cleaner Um, melbourne just about at full strength here rowan and um i've got no doubt that that melbourne will make about four or five changes um also including Pickett back into that side so some players have played really well i thought melstrom came in well last week and did a really good role for them dunstall's been Dunstan, sorry, has been really rock solid in she the You wouldn't mind Dunstan the in there either. Yeah, you wouldn't. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you know, this is an incredible luxury that, they, that that Melbourne have got. Ryder and Gorn, well, last week Gorn had his way with young um, uh, Lynch at Hawthorne. So um, he's not going to get it all his own way this time because Ryder's in really good rucking form. And that, for the independents that want to see two really good ruckmen uh, go about their skill. Uh, th- this is a real good one to watch.
0: Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I think they've probably got the Saints measure. I, I just wonder how much that whole Cairns experience will take out of them, you know. I was I actually wrote uh, or did a video to this effect the other day, but uh, not just the game and not just the humidity and not just the travel, but they spend a good half a week up there doing clinics, you know, being out of their normal routine and their normal environment. Um, and that was after playing Canberra the week before. So they haven't been home for a while. They've been in unfamiliar surrounds. They, they haven't had a, a set sort of routine happening. They've lost. Uh, I don't know. I just wonder if that whole can selling home games thing might really come back to bite them, as indeed it did last year when they sold a home game Lost against Adelaide and ended up missing out on the uh, final eight. Boy, you guessed it, one game. So,
1: Rowan, that if that happens again, um, the Natives are going to get extremely riffed. We we know why they do it. We know that St Kilda has got one of the uh, the biggest debts that they're trying to manage. They put a lot of resources into uh, the uh, the upgrading of the old Moorabbin to what is it now first class, but all that costs money. And um, they're going to find a way to retrieve that. And one of the ways is to go to Cairns. But as you said, if you're going to keep and, – and Rowan, it can happen again. They look mm. like they're going to have a good side, but it's quite conceivable this side will um, or could miss the eight by one game again, given their form and given the competition of sides around them. And Wow, and, and, well, what a talking point about uh, around the membership table that would be.
0: Certainly will be. They'll be uh, counting the wins home uh, in a high state of anxiety for the rest of this season. You'd suggest uh, I'm tipping Melbourne. Of course, I'm tipping Melbourne. How do you tip against Melbourne these days? They are red hot. Even when they're in
1: uh, cruise control, they're red hot. I I just think the May the May lever combination up against Membry and King. Uh, there's a lot of highlights around here, and also the. Capacity of Jaden Hunt to control Higgins. They go back a long way from their school days Caulfield Grammar, Brighton Grammar. So um, one half back, one small forward, Gresham. They've they've got a few annoying, not annoying, they're very good players. Um, their smalls are going to be critical, St Kilda, in, in having a big say at this game because May is going to have to pay close attention to King, leave her with memory. Um, And it's going to bring these smalls into play. All right. Give us a tip and a margin, please. Uh, Melbourne, 19 points. Okay. I'm
0: going for Melbourne by 20 points. So, again, we're thinking fairly similarly on that one. One game left in round eight to wrap it all up. That is Carlton taking on Adelaide Marvel Stadium. Let's chat about that one. (laughs) Round eight wraps up. Sunday, twilight, 4.40pm, Marvel Stadium is Carlton taking on Adelaide. Palmerbet, Bet, where you can get tackle-busting benefits all AFL season. Always remember to gamble responsibly. They have the Blues, pretty warm favourites, paying $1.35. Adelaide paying $3.23 head-to-head. Uh haven't played a lot, these two sides. In fact, they've only played each other once each season. Over the last three years and the scoreline is Carlton 2, Adelaide 1. And the Crows haven't been great at Marvel Stadium recently either. They've won 1 and lost 3, however it should be said, one of those losses to Essendon by under a kick a few weeks back. Carlton doing it nicely at the moment. Um, Even first half against North Melbourne, but then... Really got the business done in that second half. Uh, they're starting to look better on the injury front. Mark Pidnet is a loss. This is true. He is a big loss, but they have good players in form, particularly in the front end of the park. A couple of guys going pretty well uh, in the other end as well. Adam Sard, uh, really good player for them in that result against North Melbourne. Uh, Adelaide, they've been good, but. Came back to earth with a thud against the Giants last week, Rob, but looked sort of smacked a little bit of a side that might have got a little bit ahead of itself after a few good wins. They wouldn't want to take that attitude into this game or they will get a smacking. What do you think is going to happen? Well, at this
1: yeah, it, it might rock them. And they've obviously um, lose Brody Smith after that uh, spectacular mark that didn't even make the highlights reel of the top 10 marks of the of the week but that's another story we spoke up himmelberg we spoke up Galant some weeks ago or we do it generally every week but their output has diminished quite significantly putting an awful amount of strain on uh, tex walker who's up till now uh, has been outstanding um, they come up against a back line you know very good sad's been amazing um but McGovern's injured, Jones left, now McDonald's got injured. So the blues are really, really stretched at the moment for, for for um for key defenders. So it gives a window. There's no doubt there is a window. Um if the two young kids fire and Rochelle at ground level uh, give them good support. So it comes down to midfield and of course the this amazing depth now of Carlton in the midfield. Um Hewitt was an injury. Uh, hopefully, we'll have to wait and see if he comes back into the side. But with Scherrer, um Kennedy, Walsh, Cripps, etc., in that midfield, kicking in, kicking, as long as they're kicking efficiently into a forward line of um, Kerno and Mackay, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Carlton.
0: They've got reasonable uh, depth there, the Blues, haven't they? Just having a look at their. Injury status at the moment. And yeah. uh, a number of players, in fact, 12 players on their injury list at the moment. Quite a few guys uh, to be confirmed or tested. So the potential for several changes. They'd want to be careful about rushing too many guys who've been injured back at the mm-hmm. one time, though. Other clubs certainly paying a penalty on that score in terms of the, uh, the bottom I think falling
1: out of performance. I think they'd rush Hewitt back. I'm not sure oh, yeah. what his no, status no, he's, he's is.
0: is. No, my point yeah. is you can't really do too many of them in the one hit. You know, that's why we talked last week about Richmond. I said, you know, Lambert or Martin will come back. They won't both come back, you know. Um, but I think Carlton's certainly in a position now where uh, they're far better equipped to withstand a reasonably extensive injury list. And if you had a look at the length of their injury list, and this was a couple of years ago, you wouldn't give them much of a prayer, but uh, I think they're still good enough to win this one. Adelaide, I I like the way Adelaide are developing under Matthew Nix, but they're always going to have these sorts of stumbles and uh, an attitudinal stumble. I think last week, uh, like I said, been playing some reasonably good footy, getting a couple of wins, got a little bit ahead of themselves. That was a reality check perhaps they needed. I'd suspect it will probably jolt them into a more competitive performance this week, but Carlton are a tough opponent these days and tough at Marvel stadium too, where they were once a really ordinary conveyance, the blues, but I think it's a ground they've learned to play pretty well. I think they're going to win this one reasonably comfortably. I'm going for the blues to win this one, Rob by 28 points. What say you?
1: They're sitting two games and um, not the greatest percentage. They're two games in the, um, in, in the eight Carlton. So um, You know, as 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 we spoke about, as we boringly spoke about, because we speak, we say it because of the significance of rounds. You you start getting to round eight, and you can put a gap of two games, even three games, and a percentage that's really hard to reel in. I can't see Carlton slipping on the importance of this game. They can tack on to the top four. You know, we um we don't think the Saints can win. So they'll go behind Carlton, and Carlton could jump into the top four here, and that'd be a remarkable story. But I'm not, I'm not wiping uh, Adelaide off without a chance. I think Brody Smith's going to be a loss. They've, they've got to jerk themselves into gear, because as you said, they've played some reasonably good football, but they must get output from Hinnelberg and Gallant. If Gallant, I think he might be under the pump a little bit for a spot in the side. I hope not, but they've got to work as a team in that forward line. Four-pronged attack with young Rochelle gives them the best chance. If they rely on techs all the time, I think um, I think the uh, Blues are going to get them by, what did you say? What 28 you... points for me. No, nah, Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it inside 20. I'll go for 19.
0: 19 points, says Robert Shaw. Sure. That is round eight previewed. Uh, thanks for your company. Thanks, once again, to our wonderful sponsors, Palmerbet, where you can get tackle-busting benefits all this AFL season. Of course, always remember to gamble responsibly. Thanks to, uh, well, the various people who've helped me get through this, uh, let's say, logistically challenging episode of this podcast. But It's a big week for you, Rowan. Yeah, a big week. Uh, I'll explain it all one day. But uh, I think we got there. In the end, um, of course, if you want to be a financial supporter of this podcast, and we'd love you to be, uh, you can do that at the ACAST supporter page, wherever you listen to the footy, Footyology podcast. Or better still, become a Footyology patron at one of the many links to Patreon, a wonderful platform for supporting independent media, journalism and writing. There are links to that all over the Footyology website, footiology. AU, of course, where you'll read the finest, not only football analysis, but a lot of quality writings on life, on love, on loss, on politics, on the arts, on music, on entertainment. We had a lot of different material at the Footyology website, uh, very well worth checking out. So do that when you get a chance. Uh, thanks for your time again, Rob. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend of footy, everyone, and we will be back on Sunday evening to wrap it all up we'll see you then